Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we conclude our series with Jeff Kinley, examining wrath, grace, and glory in Earth's last days. So many resources are available for you at SWRC.com. Books, DVDs, conference information, our latest articles from the Prophetic Observer, the ability to hear past programs, and so much more. Visit SWRC.com today. That's SWRC.com. And when you order a resource from Watchmen on the Wall, remember you are supporting the continued outreach of this program. Thank you. If you have a prayer need, let us know. We consider it an honor to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request or just give us a call. 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Jeff Kinley is back to help us understand God's grand finale that we read about in the book of Revelation and how it's filled with wrath, grace, and glory in earth's last days. Well, we're honored again today on Watchmen on the Wall here at Southwest Radio Church to have our special guest, Jeff Kinley. His book available at swrc.com called God's Grand Finale. Call 1-800-652-1144. And we're talking again about Revelation, and he takes a different approach in the book of Revelation. The Bible's last book, God's final word to mankind, of course, and the breathtaking revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And through the book of Revelation, depravity, devils, destruction, it also provides an incredible portrait of our almighty God, delivering profound insights into who God really is. And in God's grand finale, it examines 13 characteristics of almighty God that Revelation uniquely and vividly illustrates through its foretelling of the earth's last days. Jeff Kinley, welcome once again to Watchmen on the Wall. Greg, thank you so much. Good to be with you again. It's a pleasure. So let's kind of get into the book today. Obviously, this is your latest. I think you're probably excited to to write it, and it's somewhat different. We talked a little bit about that, but uh, maybe you could review again how this is a little bit different than most of the books of Revelation out there. Yeah, this book really takes the reader through Revelation. And, you know, just like, you know, growing up, you go on these family vacations, and sometimes you know, dad would pull over on the side of a, of a mountain somewhere in Tennessee and you'd all get out and have this scenic vista and you'd be able to see things and stuff. Really what we do in Revelation here is I, I just take the reader and pull over and park for a while in each of these uh, sections of Revelation and say, let's look at who God is in this section and how is he revealing himself to us? The word revelation means to reveal and uncover, doesn't mean to hide. And yet I find that a lot of Christians are hiding from the book of Revelation because they think God's hidden it from them, that there's some sort of, you know, special code or, you know, cracking the enigma or something like that uh, to get into the book. But in reality, God's put it in pretty plain language. And so we just let the Bible speak for itself. But beyond just revealing the things that are going to happen in the end times, God's last word to us was to say, this is who I am. I want you to know me. And don't forget that as you go through the book. So how did you uh, bring that out in the book of Revelation, knowing God? It's pretty plain. I mean, you get you start with chapter 1, and it just begins by telling you who Jesus is, what he has done, all the things that he, the things that he is. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. Uh, he's coming again. He's the one that's redeemed us, the one who loves us, the one who's made us a kingdom of priests. 
And then he goes from there and he jumps right into this direct vision of Christ that John has. And he sees him not as, you know, the carpenter from Nazareth walking around with, you know, kids in his lap and, you know, turning water into wine, but he portrays him as the glorified, risen, exalted, sovereign Christ. And John sees this vision of Jesus that, quite frankly, I don't hear anybody talking about today. His hair is as white as wool. His eyes are like a burning blaze of fire. His feet are like burnished bronze. His sword is coming out of his mouth. And John sees this vision of Jesus, and he just falls at his feet. So you see this throughout the whole book is that these attributes of God, really, they've been there all along. But we just have to look at the book and see what is this passage talking about How is it telling me more about my God? And so as I went through with kind of that as a template, all these things began to just burst out of the pages of Revelation. How long did it take you to write this book, brother? I think it took about six months of just study and writing and revisions and editing and all that. So usually about a half a year. I've talked to several men recently, both on the radio show for Southwest as well as my own, and then just in general conversation. And uh, we kind of came to the conclusion, and maybe you can add to this, that so many today do not want to hear about the spirit world. I was listening to Jan Markell recently, and she was talking about how, well, the demons are flying. Franklin Graham recently said that he thought that every demon from hell has now been released, the way things are happening around the world and in America. And the other thing people really don't want to talk about is prophecy. Would you agree with that? Oh, I definitely would agree with that. And I think that is a satanic in origin, because if you think about it, you know, God wrote his last book in the Bible was a book of Bible prophecy. Ninety five percent of prophecy was is this book of Revelation. And obviously it's the last words or lasting words he wants us to know about it. So consequently, I think Satan would would like to keep us or keep the church from engaging that because when that happens, we get prepared for the return of Christ. We get purified as the bride, and Satan definitely doesn't want that to happen. So I agree. I think that uh, Satan is ramping up for revelation right now. His demons are wringing their hands. They're, they're active right now more than they've ever been, at least in our country. It's Satan's heyday right now, but it's nothing like it's going to be once the restrainer of the church is removed. Going through a uh... 13 chapters here of God's Grand Finale, your latest book. Could you kind of capsule different ones? Give us some ideas. I think the important thing is to understand, you know, it begin by talking about how does God reveal himself to us? Because obviously for us to know the creator, it's incumbent upon the creator to reveal himself to us because we can only know certain things about God from creation. So I talk about how God has revealed himself and how he is revealing himself through his word to the church. And then what's really interesting, and I've really not never heard anyone say this before like this, is that God begins Revelation by talking about Jesus, by giving us a portrait and an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I think that's strategic because in order for us to understand everything else in the book, we need to understand who Jesus Christ is and his reign of authority and really his right to rule in our lives. So that's really kind of becomes the foundation of the book. And then chapters two and three of Revelation, we have Christ now doing business with the churches and he comes in and reproves the churches. Five out of the seven receive excoriating rebukes. But right before, Greg, we launch into the most apocalyptic, chaotic, catastrophic time in all of human history. Before that happens in the tribulation, Jesus says to John, come up here. And all of a sudden, John is catapulted up in his spirit to heaven. And it says the very first thing that he sees 
is not the angels. It's not how beautiful heaven is. It's not even saying hello to people who have gone on before him, but it says he sees a throne. And in fact, the word throne is mentioned 13 times in 11 verses there in chapter 4 of Revelation. And that tells us something, that there's a throne in heaven, uh, that it's occupied, that it's established, that it's sovereign, that it's in charge. And John, I think, needed to hear that before God's going to tell him about all the chaos, because as he gets into the rest of Revelation, it looks like things are out of control. It looks like the world is coming apart. But as our good friend Jan Markell always says, it, the world's not coming apart. God's prophecy is coming together, just like he portrayed. So we see the sovereignty of God in that chapter. And that's one of the great attributes in the book of Revelation for any of these prophecies to take place. There has to be a sovereign God in charge to make them happen, because certainly Satan would want these things to happen another way. That chapter talks about the sovereignty of God to the to the, the Lamb. We talk about the Lamb of God, how worthy he is in chapter 5 of Revelation. And it's just amazing how Jesus Christ continues to just be exalted higher and higher and higher throughout the whole book of Revelation. So he takes the scroll in his hand and begins to unwrap it. Then comes the judgments of Revelation in chapters 6 through 19. And this is a terrible time on planet Earth. It's a horrific time of wrath. It's a time of God unleashing his retribution on those who dwell on planet Earth. But amazingly enough, Greg, in the midst of all that, we see the greatest revival in history take place. In chapter 7, it tells us that a multitude that John can't even count comes to Jesus in the midst of God unleashing all these judgments. So, you know, people say, well, God's a wrathful God. In Revelation, he certainly is. But at the same time, that door still stands open to salvation. That's one of the comforting things we see. So we see the grace of God all throughout Revelation as well. So that's just kind of a a beginning uh, appetizer to the book. There's so much in the church today about positivity. I talk at positivity preaching. That's what I call it. This is not positive oftentimes reading here in Revelation. Now, what you're saying is, don't misunderstand, but so often I don't want to talk about that. That is so negative. That is so bad. That's not for today. No, I think the church today is caught uh, really in many ways in a delusion in the sense that she thinks that the purpose of the church is to bring self-affirmation to people to make them feel good about their life, to make them smile, to help them be happy, to help them cope with different things that are going on, their own feelings, who they think they are, all these things. But the Bible tells us that the purpose of a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And obviously, as we go through the scripture, I mean, we are encouraged, we're built up, but the purpose is not to feel good about ourselves. The purpose is to be equipped for battle and to be able to know who God is, know how to walk with him, to live for him. And so today, someone has jokingly said that a lot of churches today is a is a rock concert and a light show followed by a TED Talk. And then people leave just thinking, you know, feeling good about themselves. But I'll never forget what um, Abraham Lincoln said one time when he went to a church and kind of sat over in the, in the side area so he wouldn't draw attention to himself. And the pastor got up to preach and the aide that was with President Lincoln said to him after the message, he said, Mr. President, what did you think about the message? And he said, the preacher failed. And he said, what do you mean by that? He said, he failed because he did not ask something great of us. And I think that's sadly missing today in the church is that we don't ask something great of people. We don't call people up to thinking lofty thoughts about God to go deep into the scripture together. 
you look out on the average congregation today, Greg, and you see very few Bibles that are out there. We tend to put the verses on the screen, and everything's directed towards the, you know, the stage there, and, and we're not really helping people learn to be self-feeders. So, yeah, there's entertainment concept that's in the church today and full of self-help sermons, and yet we just need to preach the Word and let the Bible uh, do the work in people's lives. So where do you think a church is going to go then? Because we're seeing more and more of this. you got the mega churches all over America. They're entertainment centers, some almost fireworks on the stage. And rather than just getting up and, and preaching the word, I think I heard MacArthur say that recently, just get up and preach the word. Where is the church going to go, Jeff? Where do you think it's going to go? I think three words uh, sort of describe where I think the church is going right now. One is the area of apostasy. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3, talks about a, a great apostasy in the last days. I think we're seeing that, First Timothy 4, 1, then falling away from the faith, paying attention to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. And we're certainly seeing that in a lot of major denominations where they're embracing homosexual marriage, uh, they're marrying homosexuals, they're having uh, transgenders come and be bishops and pastors in some of these churches. Some churches are holding drag queen story hour in their church. And even back off from that, you see people denying the historicity of the scriptures. They're denying the uh, literal interpretation of Genesis. They're departing from the Word of God. And so I see that happening. I think that's going to get worse. Also, there is just a drop-off in attendance as well in the church. We're experiencing some of the lowest levels of attendance in church history. And George Barna did a study where he found that a third of the church left going to church each week. And then during COVID, after COVID, he said a third of them never came back. And so people kind of got used to going home. They probably watched it online for a little bit and they just said, ah, oh, what's the heck? You know, I, I can't really, you know, jive with this. And so people stopped going to church. And so we're, we're having a low church attendance. We're becoming more secularized in our society. And I think people are connecting or at least trying to connect with God or spirituality or whatever it is, but outside the church. In fact, there was a study done not long ago among millennials, and they asked them the question, what helps you grow in your spiritual walk with God? And church didn't even make the top 10 in the list. And so that tells us about the level of effectiveness that a lot of pastors today are not having among their congregants. So whatever that means, I think that we're having a low church attendance as well. So apostasy, attendance, but I think the last thing on a more positive note is attraction. And when I say attraction, I don't mean putting on attractional ministries, but that there is a remnant within the body of Christ that is waking up and being attracted to the Word of God and to the God of the Word. And that's what I'm seeing, Greg, as I travel across the countries. I'm seeing believers. They may have been believers for years, but the light bulbs are going off in their head. <laughs> Talk about fireworks. The fireworks are happening in their heart because they're connecting with the truth of the Word of God and with what God says about the times in which we're living, and they're hungry. They can't get enough. And so that remnant, what I'm seeing out there, and what I hear from my radio and TV shows, that remnant is really waking up. And I believe that's the bride of Christ that is preparing herself for the imminent and soon return of the groomsmen.
are the groom, Jesus Christ. I find that too. In talking with men and, and doing interviews here for Southwest Radio Church, that exactly that. People are waking up. and But a lot of people, like even in my own churches, I talk to them, very frustrated by the things they're seeing uh, politically, religiously, etc. in America. And they just say, what's it all about? And what's the use of, of moving forward? I'm sure you have a comment for that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, when I, I wrote the book, The End of America, question mark, one of the things that on interviews after that book, people would say, Jeff, do you think America can be saved? And my response was, I am not sure that America can be saved because I believe we're under God's abandonment of wrath right now. I don't know that America can be saved, but I know that Americans can be saved. And I think sometimes as believers, we have sort of put our trust in the political process and the political candidates and somebody in Washington to essentially do our job for us, to make this a righteous nation. And yet God has put that burden on the back of the individual church member to go and make disciples. We're the ones that are supposed to be salt and light out in the community. And so when a pastor is not equipping a congregation on how to do that outside the walls of the church, then guess what? She's not making an impact on the world And then what we end up doing is we we throw gospel grenades over the walls of the church and hope that somebody gets saved, and and we put our trust in political candidates. But politics and any candidate, I don't care which party he's from or what he believes, can never replace the unique mission and mandate that the bride of Christ has in this world today. It is our job to penetrate culture and to make a difference out there through helping people come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. That's the way a country has changed, not just by passing laws, but by changing hearts. And that's our job. And so the hope I think we can give people like that, Greg, is to simply say, look, you go make a difference. If you think something is wrong down at the schoolhouse, then you go make a difference. Or you make a difference in your neighbor's life by sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with him or her. So that's, I think, the way we become uh, more effective salt and, and light bearers in this world. The book is God's grand finale. What do you hope that the people will get basically out of reading this? Well, my greatest prayer is that they will just encounter their God in a way perhaps they never have before. Uh, They'll take a deep dive in these attributes. And anytime we encounter God personally, we are changed. And so my prayer is that their hearts and lives will be changed as they encounter the great God who loves us. Wow. I can't wait to talk to you again. Are you writing another book now or are you just taking a little break here? I'm actually finishing up a new manuscript that ought to be out next year on the Olivet Discourse, and it's going to be a barn burner. I don't know uh, how you do it. I'll tell you what I tell all of my guests. I'm really going to be praying for you, my brother. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take all the prayers I can get. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Well, we have been honored two days in a row here at Southwest Radio Church to be talking with Jeff Kinley and getting his thoughts and ideas. And we've been talking about, and you need to get a copy of his brand new book, God's Grand Finale. So in closing, just let me say again, Jeff, so thankful for you, thanking God for you and your ministry, and we just pray good things for you in the days ahead. Thank you so much, Greg. Honored to be on your program. God bless you, sir. God's Grand Finale, the brand new book by Jeff Kinley, examines the 13 characteristics of God that Revelation uniquely and vividly illustrates through its foretelling of Earth's last days. Order God's Grand Finale when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The last of the month is a good time to get an update on all the wonderful things that are happening here at the ministry. 
encouraging details in our million-dollar match, to the new resources and conferences that are coming up very soon. Welcome in. Hi, I'm Kenneth Hill. I'm the president of Southwest Radio Church Ministries and the Prophecy in the News organization as well. And I am delighted to be with you today. They've invited me to come in to talk about what's going on in the ministry of Southwest Radio Church. And I am very happy to be here. I say thank you to those who have joined us in our celebration of our 90th anniversary, our 90th celebration. Here we are, 90 years of opportunities to support the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. We've had 90 years to celebrate, and we've had 90 years to participate. And now we are doing that on a moment-by-moment basis until the Lord returns, and we're waiting for him. And we're waiting, I hope, patiently, and as we wait, we want to help us celebrate. It is meeting the mission, and the million-dollar match is still out there. We have come a decent ways in, but we need your support. The giving has fairly well ceased for the summer, and we need to see God's people rise up and support the work of Southwest Radio Church in this million-dollar matching gift. And we've had a supporter who left us a million dollars, and we have seen that as a matching gift, and so your dollar will then be considered two. If you give a thousand, it'll be two thousand. You give a hundred thousand, it'll be two hundred thousand, et cetera, et cetera. So we encourage you to be a part of our million dollar matching gift effort. If it's a dollar, we thank you. If it's more than that, we thank you as well. We have three conferences left in this year. We have a conference coming up in Colorado Springs, on the 11th and 12th, will Bill Federer is going to be leading that one off. Greg Patton will be there. Larry Stam and others will be there as well. But come listen to Bill Federer and Greg Patton and the rest. You'll have a great time. That is a two-day conference. In Des Moines, Iowa, September 30th, we have a one-day conference. Michael Hoggard will be the lead-off gentleman. Larry Stam and others will come in as well. So it'll be an excellent one-day conference, September 30th, there in Des Moines, Iowa. In Columbus, Ohio, that will be our last conference that we have planned for the year. It is October 26th, 27th, and 28th. Jonathan Kahn will be there in person and we'll be speaking several times, over a dozen other speakers as well. And so you will have an excellent, excellent conference. It's going to be fantastic. And in Columbus, Ohio, you will have a wonderful time. That's October 26th, 27th, 28th. You need to go ahead and register. The Watchman on the Wall is now on oneplace.com and sermonaudio.com, and so you've got more places to listen as well as the regular places that you have been listening to the Watchman on the Wall broadcast. We have brand new resources, some new books, some new DVDs, 
some new t-shirts that share the truth as well. Some of them cause you to have questions and some of them tell you what's going on. We have a book by Dennis Cuddy. It's a conspiracy two book. World Dominion, a book and DVD by Von Schatzer. Von Schatzer has been one to present for years and years, presenting the truth of God's work and what he's doing and how it's going to be. The Earth As It Was is a fantastic book from Micah Van Huss. He's had two bestsellers so far, and now this is the third one coming out. It's called The Earth As It Was, and it is mind-boggling to say the least. He takes it from a prior to creation to creation and beyond. We also have another book. It's by a guy named Josh Davis. He is the evangelist for Southwest Radio Church, and he's also your co-host here on this broadcast, and it's called Fake Jesus. That is a title that uh, makes you come alive, really, as you either believe in the true Jesus or you don't. And fake Jesus gives you a number of things that are being purported to be Jesus Christ in this age, and they're not. When you hear Christ is in this location, don't run there. Don't believe what you're hearing The fake Jesus is around, and Josh Davis has written an excellent book that should also be a bestseller called Fake Jesus. We ask you to consider purchasing these items. Just go to our website, swrc.com, and all of these items are listed there in some fashion. You can go and find them, and you can purchase them there. And we encourage you to do so because it's a better place to purchase than anywhere else for the items that we produce. So your help's needed. These summer months are hot months, and they're usually giving months that have been forgotten. They are very slow if we get any gift at all. It's usually something that is just a minor gift in the back of someone's wallet. It's not a very large gift. It makes it difficult for us to survive because we're not getting the usual gifts that we get during the rest of the year. So would you consider helping us during these summer months? We would appreciate it, and it'll go toward meeting this million-dollar match in our 90th celebration. Thank you for being a part. We know that God is still on the throne, and prayer changes things. God's Grand Finale, the brand new book by Jeff Kinley, examines the 13 characteristics of God that Revelation uniquely and vividly illustrates through its foretelling of Earth's last days. As you read, you'll develop a clear overview of end times events. You'll experience how God uses the apocalyptic realities of Revelation to reveal Himself to you. And you'll grow in faith as these transformational truths about God deepen your reverence for Him. Order God's Grand Finale today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. When the dust of Revelation settles, we behold the Lamb, standing and ruling in triumphant, sovereign, and indescribable glory. 
As God's grand finale illuminates how the end times will unfold, you'll understand how the narrative arc of Bible prophecy reveals the awe-inspiring attributes of God. Order your copy of God's Grand Finale by visiting our website, swrc.com, or simply call 1-800-652-1144. Lord willing, we'll be back here Monday, ready to once again bring clarity to the chaos. Head into the weekend with the encouragement that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and has been supported for over 90 years by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.